Hey y'all, Eves here. Today's episode contains not just one, but two nuggets of history. Consider it a double feature. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was January 28th. 1813. An ad in the Morning Chronicle announced the publication of the novel Pride and Prejudice by the author of Sense and Sensibility. The three-volume set would be sold at 18 shillings. And the unnamed author, of course, was Jane Austen. Jane Austen was born on December 16, 1775, in Steventon, Hampshire, in England. Her mother was Cassandra Austen, and her father was the Reverend George Austin. She was part of a pretty big family. She had one sister and six brothers. And her lively family and upbringing helped nurture Jane's creativity. The siblings put on plays and took advantage of their father's scholarship by reading books from his substantial library. Jane's mother wrote poems, and her brother, James, was also a wordsmith. He and their brother, Henry, even started a magazine called The Loiterer in 1789. So when Jane began writing, she drew her settings from the places she knew growing up. Around 1786 or 87, she wrote some of her earliest known pieces. In those humble but prolific beginnings, she wrote verses, short stories, and plays that weren't quite as serious as her later work. In volume the first, volume the second, and volume the third, Austen demonstrates her wit and smarts with her parodies of popular writings at the time. She told stories of violence and drunkenness, with confident young women often taking the helm in her tales. But after her last dated entry in these manuscripts, in 1793, Jane's satirical and absurd writing took a turn. Her epistolary novel, Lady Susan, probably written around 1793 or 94, marks a move toward longer, more buttoned-up subject matter. And by 1795, the young writer had begun another epistolary novel called Eleanor and Marion, which would lose its form as a novel in letters to become the book we now know as Sense and Sensibility. She paid Thomas Egerton to have the novel published in three volumes in 1811, and it did pretty well, selling all of its first edition copies by July 1813. Jane made 140 pounds off of that first edition, which is roughly about 9,000 pounds or more than 11,000 US dollars in today's money. That was a success for Jane, but the ambitious writer definitely wasn't done yet. She already had another book in her back pocket. Austin had written a book called First Impressions from October 1796 to August 1797. Her father, ever the advocate for his daughter's work, wrote a letter to a London publishing company in 1797 saying he could send them the manuscript. They rejected his offer. But over a decade later, Jane was cozy with her family in a large cottage in the village of Chawton, and she was ready to keep trying to get first impressions out there. From 1811 to 1812, she revised the manuscript and retitled it Pride and Prejudice. Thomas Egerton, happy with the success of Sense and Sensibility, 
offered Jane 110 pounds for the copyright to Pride and Prejudice. This time, Egerton paid for printing and advertising the book himself and kept the profits, as opposed to publishing on commission and charging a percentage for each book sold, like he had done before. And this time, the novel was credited to the author of Sense and Sensibility, whereas the book Sense and Sensibility had just been credited to a lady. No, seriously, Jane's womanhood had to be kept a secret because writing wasn't the ideal trade for women, and women of Jane's stature definitely shouldn't be paid handsomely in money and attention for publishing their writing. Anyway, the book follows 20-year-old Elizabeth Bennett, who's a member of the upper middle class known as the gentry, and her roller coaster of a relationship with the socially superior Fitzwilliam Darcy during the Regency period. After much back and forth, the two overcome their pride and prejudice for a happy ending. A second edition of the book was published later in 1813 after the first sold out, and a third was published in 1817. Though it sold well, other authors at the time had mixed reactions, and critics remained relatively quiet, though the few reviews it got were generally positive. Pride and Prejudice was criticized for its limited perspective and praised for its social realism. Either way, it was successful, thanks to her largely upper-class readership, so Jane got the short end of the stick. She could have made much more money had she published her second novel on commission, too. Instead, that money went to Egerton, who had published the books in poor quality, but at a high price. While she was alive, Austen garnered little fame and moderate financial success. But when the book A Memoir of Jane Austen was published in 1870, people took incredible interest in the woman who had published all her works anonymously during her lifetime. And since then, Pride and Prejudice and Austen have become a beloved part of English literature. I'm Eve Steffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to hear more about Jane Austen, listen to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called It's the Jane Austen Episode. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to producer Chandler Mays for all his audio work. We'll see you here in the same place tomorrow. Hi again, everyone. It's Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show where history waits for no one. The day was January 28, 1671. Welsh privateer Henry Morgan sacked Panama, a city in Spain's American empire, and fire broke out. The remains of that original city are now known as Panama Viejo and are just outside the current capital of Panama City. From the 16th to the 19th centuries, Panama was part of the Spanish Empire. Panama City, originally the site of a Native American fishing village, was founded in 1519 by Spanish conquistador Pedro Arias Davila. The city was prosperous. Gold and silver were shipped from the Andean countries to Panama City, and from Panama City, it was carried across the Isthmus and sent off to Spain. Panama City was also a base for the Spanish to conquer the Inca Empire in Peru, 
Because Panama was such a city of riches, it was a target for pirate attacks. Privateer Henry Morgan was known for sacking the city of Puerto Bello on the Isthmus of Panama and raiding Lake Maracaibo on the coast of Venezuela. But in 1670, he set out to capture Panama with dozens of ships and a couple thousand buccaneers. They defeated a large Spanish force who had marched out of Panama City. And on January 28, 1671, Morgan's group attacked the Spanish troops in the city and began pillaging it. Fire soon broke out in Panama City. Though Morgan was accused of having the city burned, he likely did not, as he would not have wanted to destroy the city he had captured. As the city burned, the pirates continued searching for loot. After around four weeks of looting and searching for Spanish fugitives, the pirates took the goods and prisoners and headed for the Atlantic port of Chagres. There, Morgan ordered the fort at San Lorenzo destroyed. He then left the port with most of the loot, while the remaining pirates split up. Morgan returned to Jamaica, where he had a plantation. With his rewards, he purchased more plantations. In 1670, England and Spain had signed the Treaty of Madrid, in which England agreed to suppress piracy in exchange for Spanish recognition of its sovereignty in Jamaica and freedom of movement for English ships. So the governor of Jamaica, who had granted Morgan permission to attack the Spanish, was called to England for his deed. And Morgan was arrested and sent to London in 1672 to be tried for piracy. But Morgan did not face any serious punishment. In 1674, King Charles II knighted him and sent him to serve as deputy governor in Jamaica. From that point on, he remained in politics. He died in 1688. As for Panama City, the fire had destroyed its wooden buildings, leaving some stone structures standing. After the attack, Panama City was relocated just south of its founding place. The ruins of the old city are now a tourist attraction. The location of the rebuilt city is now known as Casco Viejo. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have any burning questions or comments, you can leave us a note at TDIHC Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And you can send your thoughts or comments to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you same place tomorrow.